This is The Mudroom, on Common Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson, parenting effectiveness coach and child behavior strategist. Weekly nuggets of developmentally appropriate parenting wisdom to help you parent your toddlers and preschoolers more effectively with less effort. The Mudroom is recorded live on Facebook every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific. Now, here's Alana. Hello and welcome to The Mudroom, our weekly free and live Uncommon Sense parenting class. How is everyone doing? I have been having a very busy day. (laughs) My mom's in town visiting, which my boys are so excited about. And I actually took total advantage today and I really hopped on the whole like not mom effect and made Nana go into the pool for Owen's parented swimming lessons. It was amazing. He didn't scream once. I wish I could do that every week. So I want to talk about something that is very close to my heart because I personally have gone through it this year and I see a lot of their parents struggling with it, both in the posse and in other mom groups. So I want to share a bit of my story with you in hopes that it inspires similar action and that that your kids need some time away from you. This comes up when we're talking about dads an awful lot, moms who feel guilty about leaving their kids with their dad or who don't trust dad to do everything quote unquote right. I also find a lot of moms hear me harping on consistency, like be consistent. Consistency is key. And they take that to an extreme where they feel that they can never allow there to be any change or inconsistency in their child's life. And they take on this role of the consistency keeper. And like, without me, consistency will die. (laughs) I am consistency embodied. So I wanted to go over some benefits that your child gets from being in someone else's primary care for a little while. Hey, Kim! Yay, Kim's here for at the beginning. Okay, so I've got four, I think it's four, four reasons that your child actually benefits from being in someone else's primary care for for a while. Someone else being not you. The first is that they learn flexibility. Flexible thinking is one of the core executive skills that children need to behave. They learn to be adaptable. There's two aspects to flexible thinking. There's set shifting, so the ability to switch what you're doing quickly and easily without too much friction. And there's problem solving. So no, your sitter or daycare provider or dad or grandma or auntie or anyone else is not going to do everything 100% as you've prescribed. And that is okay. I know it's scary but it's okay. Children are very good at context, typically. And understanding that dad does this this way and mom does it another. And having that experience frequently exercises their executive skills. As long as dad is consistent with what dad does and the sitter is consistent with their care, and for the most part, expectations are cohesive between caregivers, That's all that matters. When I say that consistency is key, I don't mean that everything has to be like lab level repeatable. (laughs) They're not experiments. They're not robots. I just mean that change takes time. And to that end, 
maintaining consistent expectations and discipline over time reinforces acceptable behavior. Consistency is key, but if you never allow your child to experience the friction of someone else's implementation of those expectations, then you're going to find that your kid becomes very rigid. Set shifting and problem solving are best developed on the job, quote unquote. Kids need to practice it to become competent at it. And one really easy way to reinforce that is to leave them with someone else that you trust and go get a latte. (laughs) Well, that's just a little nugget from my membership program, which, and that's the whole concept of my membership program, BSPB, right? Doing things, tweaking things that you already can do that are very minor changes that are going to reinforce the development of executive skills and just slide into your day and, or give you a break. (laughs) So that is the first reason that your kids need to be in someone else's care for a while. You need to go get a latte is because it actually teaches them to think more flexibly. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Jessica. Thank you for being here with me. Kind of keep checking if Facebook's scrolling because sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't with the comments. <laughs> okay. The second reason is that they learn to trust others. As moms, we put this impossible burden on ourselves to be everything to our children, but we cannot be everything to our children. It's impossible. And here's the thing. If we don't cultivate healthy relationships, relationships, <laughs> with our children, with other trusted adults and other older children, our kids are going to confide in and seek advice from people that may not be the most trustworthy or accurate information givers. You're their mom. I don't know about you, but when I was 12 and wondering about like boys and sex and all that, my mom was the last person that I was going to go to. But I had other trusted adults who cared about me and that I did feel comfortable talking about that with. And yeah, even then, I was pretty sure that they were reporting back to my mom. But I didn't have to talk about condoms with my mom, and that's all that mattered. (laughs) My goddaughter, I was her babysitter when she was a little girl. And we keep in touch. We still, I am, and talk quite a bit. And when she was worried about drugs, she was seeing it happen in her school. She'd been pressured a little. She didn't feel safe talking to her mom. She called me up and we had a really good chat and she made some really good decisions. You cannot wait until your children are teenagers to start building that trust and that history. This can't start at 16 or at 14. It needs to start when they're little. The more people who love and trust your child, and the more people your child loves and trusts, the better. And by leaving them in other people's care, you're starting to build that network for them. You're giving them that space to grow those relationships that don't center around you. Think of it like when you had your first boyfriend. If your mom was always hovering over you, it probably didn't last long. It's the same with other trusted adults. If you're constantly hovering and micromanaging your children's relationships with everyone but you, they're never going to truly develop that trust and connection. And it's so important. Hey, Kristen. Thanks for being here. And Crystal. Hey, Crystal made it. Thanks for being here, guys. Okay, so that's one and two. First is it helps them think 
more flexibly. It helps them learn to set shift and it helps them learn to problem solve. And two is that it builds your child's network of trusted adults. Three, it gives them responsibility. When you're in someone else's care, you have to kind of guide them a little bit on how things are done, right? We personally have an 11-year-old babysitter. And I have laughed my butt off several times. The first time my four-year-old was like, um, hey, we need to clean up the kitchen after making lunch. Like he knew that expectation, but she's 11. Like she didn't, wasn't, she was thinking about caring about the kids, not cleaning. But he saw that she didn't know that that was an expectation in our household and how it worked. So he took on the responsibility of guiding her in that. You know, they tell their daycare provider, hey, I need my hat before I go outside or I'm going to burn. They tell grandma, you know, my chest clip isn't right on my car seat. I need a tickle check. They tell their aunt, hey, I need to pee. (laughs) These are itty bitty small manageable responsibilities that a two, three, four-year-old are very capable of handling. And do they do it right all the time? No. But the fallout of that is really very minimal in the grand scheme of things, if any at all. And we can coach them on that. Hey, so next time, you know, that you don't know where the washroom is, ask your auntie. She'll tell you, right? We teach them how to solve that problem. We often pontificate on giving children responsibilities, but we tend to go to like whole hog extreme and are like, you know, give them the responsibility to make dinner. Okay simmer down, like that is several steps up. And it's a huge leap if you're going from none to some. And that's when I see parents melting down because they can't fathom their child handling these huge responsibilities like making dinner because they've never trusted them with really, really low level ones, let alone moderate ones. So giving them that small, manageable, low fallout responsibility first when it's safe for them to fail is really, really beneficial. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. Failure is part of success. Having an accident on auntie's watch is a pretty darn safe failure to have. You know, mom coming home to like minute rice from one end of the kitchen to the other, it's upsetting, but it's not the end of the world. (laughs) It's a safe failure to have. So first... First reason that your children need to be in someone else's care from time to time is that it helps them think more flexibly. The second is that it builds their network of trusted adults. And the third is that it helps them build responsibility and take on responsibilities for their own care. Uh, Crystal says, I don't want to derail you. Can you post on the page later what a tickle check is? Yes, I absolutely can. In fact, you know what? I'll tell you right now. So a tickle check, when you're putting your child in your car seat, their chest clip needs to be on their sternum, right? So for us, it's like right between our boobs. For our kids, it's like right between their nipples. So that's where their chest clip, if you're in North America, needs to be on their car seat. The easiest way to make sure that it is actually on their sternum without like punching them in the sternum like I just did, um, is to make an L with your hand, stick your index finger in their armpit. And if your thumb lands on the chest clip, then it's in the right spot. So obviously that's kind of an invasive thing to do. And it's a little weird to just be like, Hey, 
So what I call it is a tickle check. And I just like tickle my kids. I stick my finger in their armpit and I'm like, ah, tickle check. And the nice thing about it is that it gives them responsibility over their own safety in the car. Again, more responsibility, right? So if you do it every time that they get in the car, it becomes part of the routine of getting in the car and leaving. And if it doesn't happen, they tend to freak out. Like my four-year-old, if he doesn't get a tickle check, he will be like, Nana, tickle check. Because he knows that he needs a tickle check before we leave to go wherever it is. And so if he's going off with somebody like, you know, my aunt, his aunt, or a friend of mine who doesn't typically put him in the car, typically if you don't have children or you've had children a long time ago, you know, they don't, they put the chest clip either so high that it's like choking them or they put it like down on their soft spots. Um, so the tickle check, and then generally I'll get a text that's like, what the hell is a tickle check? <laughs> so the tickle check gives him the responsibility of that his chest clip is on his sternum. And that is just one small, teeny tiny, manageable step towards his being responsible for his own safety in the car. Does that make sense? You're very welcome. <laughs> I love tickle checks. <laughs> My two-year-old goes, ick, ick, ick. And I couldn't figure out what ick, ick, ick meant. Tickle, check. <laughs> Somehow he's combined the two into this just ick sound. We're getting there with the speech with him. <laughs> okay. Reason number four that your kids need to be in someone else's care from time to time is that they see you prioritizing yourself once in a while. We get really antsy about this as moms. You know, put the kids first is drilled into our heads so much. But you cannot pour from an empty cup any more than they can. Our kids learn by observing us. They learn to regulate by being regulated. If they never see us taking care of ourselves, guess what? <laughs> They're going to grow up not taking care of themselves either. It's the whole, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first mantra. You can't take care of others when you're not taking care of yourself. It is not selfish to put them in daycare and go to your therapy appointment because you're going to be a better mom when you've had your therapy appointment. <laughs> if you just need a couple of hours to sit with a book and not have anyone pulling at you, then it is totally okay to hire a sitter for a couple of hours and go down to the beach and read your book alone. My personal one is when my husband deploys, he's in the military, I often hire a sitter to come and do bath time and get my boys ready for bed. I hate bath time. <laughs> I used to love it when I was a sitter, but with my own kids, I am generally so done by bedtime that I have no patience for it. And because it is my husband's role, typically, he's usually the one that does bath time with them. They really give me a hard time with it because they're not only tired, but they're acutely missing their quality time with their dad. So for my own sanity... I hire my 11-year-old sitter to come and bath them, do their teeth, and get their PJs on. And it costs me like 20 bucks to have her here for two hours. But those two hours are the difference between everybody having a really calm and easy night or me throwing them into bed and being so frustrated and exasperated and that once they're there, I go and, you know, plunk down and chug a bottle of wine and I get nothing done. And that allows them to see me trusting her. They see me asking for help when I need it. 
and they get a better experience. So all of those lessons are lessons that I want my boys to receive. And I know how hard this is mentally. Like I had such a hard time finding a sitter, both the boys and I loved. The first time I put my boys in drop-in daycare, I did not go relax. I scheduled myself till the hilt with errands to run because I felt so guilty for putting them in someone else's care so that like I could, what, go and sip a latte and like have my nails done. So I was like, well, I, I might as well make this time productive. But it truly is just getting over that hump of letting go the first time. That's the hardest. And I am so much more tolerant of having a few hours to myself now. And the bonus was that my husband wasn't like tossing them back into my lap the second I got home because now he'd been them with them. So he needed a break. And none of this is to say that you should just throw them into the care of the next person that comes along. For me, I started with my mom, but my mom lives two hours away. So that wasn't able to be a frequent thing. So then my next little like toe dip was leaving them with a friend that I trust just, you know, so that I could, you know, go and get, go to a doctor's appointment or something like that. Then the bigger leap was to start sending them to drop in daycare for four hours at a time once a week. And that, that was like holding my breath, sitting outside the daycare, um, (laughs) scheduling myself to the hilt so that I wasn't thinking about the fact that they were in daycare. But after that first time, it got a whole lot easier. And then it took me almost two months to find a sitter that I trusted. And I ended up going through seven of them in two months. But I did eventually land on one that is genuinely amazing. So just like anything, jumping head first into the deep end rarely leads to durable change. Baby steps. Baby steps are key. Okay. So you see, putting your kids in the care of others is not just about you. It is beneficial for them too. And when I finally got over myself and started to accept the help, I started to remember who I was again. I started to feel like me again. My marriage improved because I wasn't this walking, talking auto mom. I had stuff to talk with my husband about that wasn't surrounded by the kids. So we started to really rapidly reconnect because I actually had, I was interesting again. And I wasn't always relying on him to be my backup plan, which took a lot of pressure off of him. So when clients tell me that they feel like they're drowning and they're angry and they can't even begin to figure out how to stay calm enough to implement what I'm teaching them, this is generally my first recommendation. Give yourself permission to not parent your kids for a few hours every week. And there are lots of ways to accomplish this, but the crux of the matter is that it's not healthy to be the only influence in your child's life for you or for them. We're modeling all this amazing stuff for our kids, but we're missing the one biggest model that we need to give them, and that's self-care. And often I see parents talking about these like really minor behavior issues that have blown up to into these like huge issues. I call them the itty bitty nitty gritty because it's easy to make a mountain out of a molehill when you're stressed and tired and out of touch with yourself. And our children are our mirrors. If we're stressed and tired and out of touch, they're going to reflect that right back at us. So one of the best things that you can do to improve everyone's situation is to hand over the reins for a few hours. 
That's it. Just a couple of hours. Now, that said, behavior is kind of my happy place. So if you're struggling with minor behavior issues and building critical thinking skills, I can take some of that pressure off by reminding you to download my free script pack because often the biggest and easiest changes that we can make for our kids have absolutely nothing to do with them and everything to do with us. So the link for that, as always, is up in the description. Okay, that's it for me. We had a lot of comments, really good talk going on here, guys. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much for being here with me. Have a great evening. (laughs) And I will see you next week for another Uncommon Sense Parenting class. Bye. You've been listening to The Mudroom, Uncommon Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson. If you like what you just heard, remember to join us every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific on Facebook. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, share, and connect with us on social. This has been an Alana Robinson Family Services production.